0: I'm Brandon Reed, and you're listening to Real Estate for the Rest of Us, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the world of real estate investing. I want to cut through all the industry jargon and instead serve up actionable and unintimidating information that you can use in your own real estate journey. I interview real estate professionals, and we talk about their real-life experiences. It's real simple. Now let's get into the show. In today's episode, I talk with Brandon Elliott. Brandon has spent years investing in his education in all things credit. He's learned the ins and outs of how to not only repair bad credit, but then how to leverage good credit in a way that gets you financed for deals. And I know that credit and investing aren't often two terms that people put together But in this episode, Brandon does a great job of breaking down just why and how that can be a mistake that keeps you from utilizing some incredibly powerful financing strategies for your business. I hope that in this interview, you find practical insights that you can learn from or directly apply as you continue on your own journey in real estate. And now here's my conversation with Brandon. All right, guys. uh, Today we have Brandon Elliott with us. Brandon, how are you, man?
1: Good, brother. How you
0: doing? Brandon and Brandon. Brandon and Brandon. That's right. Just breaking it down. That's right. Um, appreciate you taking the time, man. Uh, we were just chatting a little bit before. You're out in San Diego. We got connected, I know, through an agent that reached out. And um, and I saw your experience, saw what you your background, and knew what you had to offer would be valuable for the show. So I appreciate you taking the time.
1: Hey, I appreciate you having me on, man. I'm
0: excited to get into it. Appreciate yeah, you. for sure. For sure. Um, so let's let's start with you for a second before we dig into the meat of the topic itself. Tell me a little yeah. bit about your back uh, your background, Brandon. Uh, how'd you get involved in real estate and when did that happen?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So back in 2000, what was it? Like 2013 or 2012 is actually when I jumped into this company. I was doing door-to-door sales, uh, selling uh, vacuum cleaners, Kirby vacuum cleaners. Uh, so I, I ended up getting pretty good at that. And uh yeah, long story short, I got recruited into a investment company that was going after NODs, notice of default, pre-foreclosures. Uh I got I saw the systems in place and I got really motivated from it. I got a little bit of education at the same time, but afterwards I really went on my own path of diving into all the books, all the podcasts like this, and, and YouTube I could get my hands on to. To get started.
0: Um, nice. Awesome. So you kind of, you had a, you saw a system that somebody else had implemented and just saw yeah. how you could do it better. And that interested you and that kind of got you started on the path.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I didn't think I could do it better by any means because they were very systemized and they're bringing in like almost a million a month, but it was, it was a lot of um, just motivation for me for sure.
0: Nice. Awesome. So where did that lead you to? I mean, where did, where, where did your journey start in real estate and then kind of bring me to today? What are you up to today?
1: Yeah. So, man, I was trying to get started in my backyard here in San Diego um, for two years. I put in uh, roughly about 50 offers. Yeah. Yep. You know, I didn't I was going against real investors, you know, going yeah. against all cash, no contingency stuff that I do today. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it was just it was hard to compete with because I wasn't educated enough. So I started looking in other states. Eventually, I got so just tired of it. Um that i found after after a couple weeks i ended up finding myself uh, looking in ohio ohio had in many areas good cash flow so i just found a certain area that made sense to me that i thought was up and coming you know good job growth good population growth and uh, something unique about the area that stood out and um and yeah i just I built the relationships there. I got a, a ton of deals coming my way. I started analyzing them. I put a list together. Me and me and uh my significant other, we went over there and looked through, it was about we had a hundred properties that we were looking at. Oh wow. We, we broke it down to like 60 super quick. Yeah. And um and then narrowed it down uh, and just kept on breaking it down and, and we submitted offers on five.
0: Oh interesting. So I'm I'm curious actually about that. Let me ask about that process of yeah. I think a lot of people resonate with that. They're in an area, their their market's super super hot and they get frustrated. Um and that is an option to look elsewhere, but one of the things intimidating to that is yeah, building those relationships. How do you build a foundation somewhere to to springboard from? How do you do that? What what was your process?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because I'm originally from New Jersey. When people think like, oh, you must've knew somebody over in Ohio. I, I like, I had no <laughs> contacts whatsoever in Ohio at the time. At, now I have um, like a huge amount of friends and just great people over there and resources. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I was really just, I got on all the phone calls I could. I was looking up online, all the brokers, uh, Chamber of Commerce, all the banks, uh, I, I called and talked to um, the, the police station and talked to like just everybody, you know, um, the, the local schools, librarians, like the diners. Um, and I just built the relationships, wholesalers in the area. And I would ask similar questions, um, but also getting feedback. And uh, and trying to figure out if this was truly a good location, and just let people know as well exactly what I was looking for, so that they could send me
0: leads. Yeah, for sure, awesome. Um, and then, so that's kind of how you got started. And then, uh, where are you at today? What are you up to today in real estate?
1: Yeah, so we have a a nice port. So the strategy that I fell in love with is the Burr strategy. So buy, renovate, rent, refinance, repeat. I just love the idea of having no money into it and cash flowing for the long term. Um, so that's we built a portfolio over there. I jumped into a couple other states Since then, I've gotten out. Um, but so I still have my rental portfolio in Ohio. And then over here in San Diego, the last couple of years, we've been doing fix and flips uh, for just lump sums of cash. But um just last year, we were like, hey, let's actually start doing the burst strategy out here as well, hmm. which the way we got creative to make these work because they're all million dollar properties, right right. right. Uh, to make the numbers work, we're doing Airbnb. Hmm. Um, so last year we got a fourplex. We picked it up for, uh, it was 1.25 and then we put 150000 into it. It appraised six months later for 1.75. Oh, wow. Um, we got, yeah. We So now we have a new mortgage on it. It's fully remodeled in great shape. And um we have no money into it and 450000 in equity.
0: Wow, and awesome. it
1: does. And and the Airbnb is like crushing it right now. So nice. we're very blessed.
0: Nice. That's awesome, man. And I mean, this last year, I know, has been tough for short-term rentals, but there's a lot of pent-up, I know, travel demand. And have you? did you see a big dip? Or did you guys get like right in San Diego? Do you guys kind of blow right through that and your rentals stayed up?
1: You know what's crazy? It's like we bought right when this was all happening. Uh, last year, we got it. Um, we got the property a couple days before my birthday in February. So right in the middle yeah, of the right month. right there. And then, yeah. And then, um, the only thing that held us up was about two weeks when our contractors, when it really got like the heat started coming on with COVID and everybody was super scared mm-hmm. and the contractors didn't show up for two weeks. Nice. Um, nice. But besides that, we knocked that one out at the park right away. Um, we became super host within a, a month and a half. Nice. Uh, Our biggest struggle um, or slow month was November and December. But truthfully, I I think those are just kind of like holiday seasons. Many people just weren't you know, with COVID as well, but many people just weren't uh, traveling, I think. Definitely. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, well, that's great. Thanks for that background. Let's talk a little bit about, um, I know today we want to dig into the topic of of credit and how you can leverage credit, yeah. how you can fix credit. Tell me a little bit about um, how you became an expert in credit. Where did you learn what you learned? Was it through personal experience? Did you go to seminars? How did you get to where you are and know what you know about credit?
1: Yeah, I'm like a junkie when it comes down to all the education that I've nice. uh, consumed on credit the last- been like five or six years, I guess, at this point. So how I got started into real estate was I, I was working um, restaurant jobs at the same time, you know, and I saved up $35,000. But um, obviously, that's not that doesn't go too far in real estate. Yeah. So so I ended up uh, leveraging my good credit. and um, And I figured out just different ways how to do it. And so at, at this point I've purchased several properties with credit cards. I've completed all my remodels on credit cards and that's actually saved me from not getting screwed over by contractors. Hmm. And, Hmm. um, and then we've even done hard money lending with credit. So it's, um, it's been quite a journey, but you know, all the books I could get my hands on and, um, and there's a lot of, people out there that I've invested several six figures with at this point.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. I know uh, credit in real estate, man, you know, it's a, it's something that people don't usually tie together. Um, and if they do tie it together, if they do think about investing in real estate on credit cards, it sounds unwise. Like that just goes against, you know, kind of go, it grinds Game against. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. What, which is most people's really entire education when it comes to money and yeah, money, money education. So, um, yeah. it's interesting and it's just an interesting topic. Let's talk about, um, Let's talk about some area, some scenarios that um, can get somebody in a bind with credit, um, can get somebody to a place where they have bad credit. What what does that mean? Is that just missed payments? What how, what how What's something or some things that people um, do that can get them bad credit so they know what to avoid?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, there's six boxes that make up your personal FICO score, right? So uh, payment history is 35%. That's one of your boxes. It makes up 35% of your FICO. Um, utilization is 30% of your FICO. These things are huge. Obviously, you know, that's a, it's a huge portion right there. Um, so don't miss your payments, you know, (laughs) which sounds, it sounds, uh, natural, but trust me when I say this, I've had, just really analytical people that are detailed, never miss a payment in their life type of thing. But they set it up on auto pay, and yeah. things happen, yeah. you know. And yep. then they find themselves with a missed payment, and the lender or banks, you know, they're a pain, and they won't, they won't yep. work with you. Wow. So, so if you set it up, if you do the lazy man strategy and set it up on auto pay, I'm all about systemizing, but uh, just make sure that you still keep an eye on it each and every month, and that it gets paid off. Um, utilization, there's one time throughout the month that it it reports out, right? So to the three bureaus. And that's your statement closing date. So you got a beginning opening date. And then 30 days later, you have your statement closing date. And then two to three weeks later, you have your due date. If you're the type of person that always pays on time, and you never have a late payment by your due date, um, but you always have your your FICO score keeps going up and down. It's probably because your utilization, your balance, gets high uh, hmm. at certain times throughout the month. What you can do is just keep an eye on your statement closing date and pay that off a couple of days before that comes around. And uh, to put yourself in the best category, you want to be at nine percent or below. Ideally, okay. one to three percent.
0: Okay. Okay. So it's oh, I've I've heard that um, if you have too little utilization, that can hurt you. Is that not true?
1: So if you never have any utilization for a long period of time, then yes, like they want to see something. So okay. one to 3% okay. is, is the best out okay. there. It's okay. like, uh, yeah. It's Interesting. Like the for
0: you. Interesting. Okay. So those are, yeah, those that makes sense. Those are some things that if done wrong can hit the hardest as far as your credit scores goes. And then what about when someone gets in a, in a tricky situation and they have a low credit score? What are, what are some of the steps? Uh, walk me through the process um, of how somebody gets to the other side of that? How do they fix their credit? I know it's not uh, an easy process, but what, what are some steps they can take?
1: Yeah, so uh, be mindful and careful of those free uh, re- like uh, credit repair letters that you find online or yeah. like the 609 letters. 609 letters used to be the bee's knees like four, four or five years ago, right? Uh, since then, they've just been bombarded by you know, the three bureaus have seen them way too many times that they just like laugh at them. And the the odds of you getting things removed with those are, they've just diminished so much. Mm. So, um, what you can do is first and foremost, call up your lender, call up your bank, uh, see if they will do a goodwill gesture is what it's called of, um, of removing anything negative mm. and, uh, And usually, they're incentivized to do something like that if you are actually trying to get a mortgage. Hmm. So, if you use the the um, idea like, "Hey, I'm trying to get approved for this loan for this mortgage, trying to move into my dream home," then um, sometimes they will work with you. Some banks just won't do it. So, your next step after that is to, um, if you have any debt with them, then what you could, what you could potentially negotiate, if they allow it, is um, uh, a paid for deletion letter. Meaning if you owe a bunch of money, then you can either settle for less or pay the full amount and then, but you're only gonna pay it if they give you a letter beforehand that states when this is paid in full, your, this account's going to be deleted from your credit profile.
0: Mm, okay.
1: Okay. Cool. So that that will remove the negative things. Um, after that, if none of that works, then jump on CFPB.gov. Um, CFPB.gov. It's like it's a government uh, agency website that basically parents the the creditors, the lenders out there, and make sure that they're treating us consumers. Properly and correctly.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay, so what what would you do? I mean, when you go on the site. Is there just like yeah. applications you submit? Like, here's my situation. Can exactly. you help? And they'll.
1: It, it's like multiple choice. It's you'll be done within 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Um, so you can jump on there, and and it gives you multiple choice of what uh, your particular situation is. And then at the very end, they have two different boxes. The top one. Uh, you you want to explain the situation. You want to be as detailed, analytical as possible, dates, times, account numbers, all that fun stuff in there. And then below that, the cool part is that they ask you, how would you like this situation resolved? And then just plain and simple, you know, put it in your favor and say, I would like this deleted or I would like yeah. it removed, or updated, you know, paid as agreed, you know, all these different things.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay, so does that does that process? Does any of that um, cost money? Does that cost money for somebody yeah. to go into? Okay. Uh,
1: yeah, it's, it's free. All those methods are free, right there. And you know, we've had we've had clients be able to remove legitimate bankruptcies off of their. Whoa! Uh, wow! Yeah, yeah. So it can be very. Very beneficial.
0: And to your point, I bet that um, yeah, to to make sure that you're analytical, providing numbers, dates, I'm sure that only helps to show that you're educated about your situation, yes. that you, yeah, that like they see that, oh, this isn't just somebody trying to uh, scan the system. This is somebody with a legitimate you know, concern and we want to yeah. help. Yeah, like, Yeah.
1: you just don't want to put like, you know, what's the problem up top? And then you're like, you know, there's negative remark on. It yeah. needs to be removed.
0: Right, you know? right, right. I
1: want to say a little bit more detail than that.
0: That makes sense. Um, And how long does that process usually take? I mean, is that a two year process? Is it a month yeah. process? What is-
1: yeah, that's a great question. So uh, they legally have 15 days to get back to you. Uh, in many cases, they will respond back to you saying that they need additional time, and that additional time they are able to get sixty days. So within okay. uh, roughly about sixty to seventy-five days.
0: Okay, awesome. Um, and so let's say um, you've either taken those steps and and can't get something removed, or um, you haven't taken those steps yet, um, and you you just you have credit that is worse than you need. Can you buy homes with that credit? I mean, what do you? What's your situation? Are you? Do you have to go get those things repaired, or take the time it needs to have those things fall off before you get involved in real estate? If you're an investor,
1: yeah. So that's a great question. Um, many people, you know, when there's a will, there's a way, right? I'm sure. a very big firm believer in that. And um, and if you are just dedicated to the craft and and persistent, one way or the other, you can get. You can do hard money loans. I mean, you can go with Vizio lending where we're, uh, have a connection with them with a brokerage that like, you know, as an investor, uh, they will still take care of you. Um, Mm -hmm. and they'll base it more off the property itself instead of, uh, you know, your FICO and so forth. Yeah. You want to get the best rates, right? right. You want to not get bullied by the banks.
0: Yeah. And I would imagine if you have a credit score that's low enough that you either can't get loans or the loans you're getting are just they're stealing from you with the interest rates, then you 100%. just have to figure out creative ways to get financed. You have to partner. You have to, yeah, do something um, different and just get creative. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. You could do OPM all day. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but uh, you want to leverage uh, banks and resources for sure.
0: That makes sense. Um, okay. So let's say that um, either you just have good credit or you've repaired it and you've taken the steps and get to got um, to where you need to be. What are some ways you can leverage good credit in real estate investing? What um, If if you've done the work and you have the, the good credit, yeah, how can you leverage that? How can you u- use that in a way that um, is beneficial for you in your investing?
1: Yeah. So this is what I'm the most passionate about because it's just super exciting to like, Really start thinking like the bank. And once you have several six figures, you can even get up to seven figures within one year for business credit. So it's pretty powerful. Um, When you have all that credit line, like you don't want it to just sit in the bank not making any money, right? You want to put it to work. So we've purchased properties with credit cards, all at 0% interest, hard money, wow. uh, loans against real assets. You know, we've done 25% interest in three, uh, three to four month terms. Um, I mean, we started automation uh, like Walmart stores and getting great returns on that. Uh, you know, I mean, the list goes on. You can really, you can set yourself up for uh, just more opportunities. Uh, to be able to pay for.
0: So what you're saying is, I mean, credit cards in particular is what you're saying. If you have good credit, you're able to get credit cards, open up lines of credit, and do deals that way.
1: Yeah. So we we teach this in uh, creditcounselelite.com. Um, it, it it shows you like a ten-step process on how to be able to. So when you have like an 800 FICO score or a very built-out business credit profile properly, then there's I wouldn't say like a science behind it, but there's a certain algorithm. There's certain steps to follow to be able to set yourself up for success. Otherwise, if you just try to willy nilly it, you'll get like yeah. maybe two, maybe three credit cards approved. But if you do it in the right order, you can easily get 10 plus credit cards approved over six figures in funding uh, very quickly and then be able to put that to work.
0: So I know when, you know, it's, again, credit, when you think about investing and you think about credit, those are just two things that often don't go together in people's minds. So when you say invest in a property, buy a property on a credit card, um, explain what you mean. What does that even mean? Um, Yeah. And how is that wise? Like, how do you do it?
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm always the type of person that does like the opposite of what the majority, uh, I guess, would do. Like always you know, try to think outside the box, push it to the limits and uh, and do something a little crazy. So Dave Ramsey and me, like we would bump heads. Right, like, right. Totally different personality types. Uh-huh. Um, I, I'm a big firm believer that there's a difference between good debt and bad debt, right? You know, and if I get an asset that is a true asset that will cash flow, that has, and I'm, I'm a firm believer in multiple backup strategies. Sure, so, sure. So long story short, if I get a good enough deal that makes sense uh, and I have several backup plans, how can I fail? So wherever I get the money, whether I got it from the bank, I got it from a neighbor from like a private money lender, um, hard money loans, a credit card, uh, my own savings, it, I treat it all the same. I'm always looking at the, the risk, the return, and how much it's going to cost me. And in many cases, if I use a credit card or a bank loan, it can be very cheap, if not, you know, five percent or zero percent interest. And there's techniques that even if you had a ninety percent debt utilization, there's ways I can show people how to have zero percent utilization uh, each and every month, so it doesn't hurt your FICO. Um, so. I mean, it always needs to get paid back one way or the other, but I'd rather do it at 0% of interest instead of something way higher.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, in, when you're talking about buying a home on credit, you're obviously not talking about something you're holding with that debt staying on the credit card.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. That's always like to, so we we buy, to get a good deal, you got to get a distressed property, right? To, sure. To yep. do a value add. So, um, so in many cases, like banks don't even want to lend on those type of properties in general. Sure. So if I can buy it all cash with a credit card, and uh, and then after that use another credit card to pay for the contractors, making sure that they do what they say in the contract and don't screw me over, mm-hmm. then because if they do, then I'll just call the credit card company. I don't need to show up to court. I can just call the credit card company and get my money back.
0: Oh, interesting. That's a protection that isn't available in other means.
1: Yeah, hmm. and there's several other insurance policies like. You can pay for your cell phone bill and get up to three new cell phones per year if you lose it, break it, stolen, Uh, vacation, like travel protection insurance, car rental uh, insurance for certain credit cards. You know, the Mm. list goes on. There's many different credit cards that can be super beneficial. But um, and then after putting it all like the remodel on a credit card. I normally have enough points to go on a free vacation afterwards, which is nice.
0: That's nice. That's awesome. So you're, you're, you um the way that works uh, to break it down is you buy the house on a credit card. Usually, I mean, uh, usually, then you buy or then you pay for your renovation with another credit card and then you sell the house, pay both those off and keep the difference. That's in general how it works.
1: Yes. Um. Typically, we like to burr it. So we do a cash out refinance. Okay. Okay. But yes, we we've sold properties as well, but I like to yep. keep them for and have no money into them.
0: And what's the amount of time typically you're like we need to be we need the cash back out of this house whether we sell it or we refinance. We need the cash back out of this house in this amount of time or else it's too risky with a credit card or not worth it sure. with the interest we're being charged.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I'm a big firm believer in never paying interest on especially credit card interest. That's like worse than the mafia.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: um so, yeah, usually, in those credit card situations that you'll get the zero percent interest, um, it's normally anywhere from twelve months up to in some cases like twenty one or twenty two months, um, many of which are basically right around fifteen to eighteen months.
0: That's way longer than I thought. So people um for business yeah. credit will allow a zero percent interest up to twelve months on like and that's however many, it's not like for your first purchase or something, it's like, you you can, that can happen at all times as long as the credit line's open.
1: Yeah. And personal, will do the same thing. Um, Mm. and then also we have techniques that are called like manufacturer spending or MS. And, um, and even if they did not give you like a 0% interest card and it was 20, 30, whatever percent, there's ways that I can move the money around through manufacturer spending and actually get paid out through the reward points. Um, as a nice little bonus. But through the manufacturer spending moving the money around, when that statement closing date comes around, I can constantly have liquid cash readily available all throughout the month,
0: yeah, interesting. man, that sounds if you know how to if you know how to do it, know how to leverage it, that sounds like it can be a really, really powerful strategy, especially I imagine for people, in situations where they're around, like we were just talking about, you're competing against investors who are able to do no contingencies, all cash. Uh, yeah. You know, just you, you, your or speed to money, your speed to yeah. money is is not near as, not near as low as most people's. But if you have um, access to lines of credit, um, you can be much more competitive.
1: Yeah. And honestly, it makes our offers uh, very confident. Like I can mm. close in 10 days. I can close in five days if I needed to sure. uh, because I have access to all this capital right. just on credit, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. I know. I mean, there's a lot of investors who put the offer in and they're like, if, if they accept my offer, I'll find the money. And then you just kind of, you know, and it can be a longer uh, process because you have to go find your money rather than yeah. just having immediate access to it.
1: And we do the same by all means. Um, like we like to raise private money as well. Sure. Because it feels good hooking up a neighbor and yeah. you know, whatever, but, um, but nevertheless, we have that backup plan for credit. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And,
0: and it just makes our, our offer more confident and strong. Going for sure. Into it. For sure. Man, those are, yeah, some really powerful ways that people I think can um, learn how to both repair their credit, but then to leverage it and um, build their business. That's awesome. Um Let's talk a little bit about. You had mentioned you love, um, yeah, education. That you've invested in your education over the years. What are some things that you've done that have been the most valuable for you in your education? Was it books, seminars, partnerships? What has been helpful and valuable for you?
1: Oh, when you say partnerships, I naturally think of like disasters. Honestly,
0: (laughs) yeah, (laughs) fair (laughs) enough. I
1: probably probably learned the most in uh, in some of the disasters. Truthfully, yeah, yeah, yeah. To be very blunt with it, yeah, but um you know, with bad partnerships, but, uh, but I've invested a lot of money into mastermind groups as well. And just really good people, uh, great networking, great education, but, but the real secret sauce in mastermind groups are, are the people that Mm -hmm. give it their all or, or go all in, put the money in as well. And you guys can trade services almost and whatever. It's just like you get that bond and, uh, and then, yeah, just good, good people and good business together for long term.
0: For sure, yeah. Um, and where do you where do you even look if someone's interested in finding masterminds? Talk about where you went to find yours. Did you just have somebody who was in one and you joined his? I mean, how?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, I feel like in San Diego or California in general, like there's there's a lot of entrepreneur uh, spirit sure. out there. and uh, it's just like kind of one of those things. So I got invited by a friend, and then we
0: okay.
1: kind of. Um, on he like showed me all these different entrepreneur stuff but yeah yeah we have our own mastermind group now as well um for for credit council elite and uh and yeah it's just a it's a great like brotherhood type of thing there's women in there as well but
0: yeah that's awesome just a, a camaraderie yeah amongst yeah. everybody and yeah that's really neat um, I know that masterminds can be so valuable. I hear that over and over again on the show, as people just saying hooking up with people who not even in the same industry, but um, are like-minded and uh, passionate and motivated, and like you said, even trading services um, that can be super valuable. Oh, yeah. uh, let me let me go back in your mind. Let me uh, have you go back in your mind to what do you say, 2012, 2013, something like that, when you were getting started, and you can tell yourself at that point. Uh, one thing that you feel like will save yourself the most trouble um, over the next several years as you get started and go into your real estate journey, what would that be? What would save you the most trouble if you could speak to yourself at that time?
1: Yeah, man, it's it's such a good question. I actually had a um, a client of mine, uh, somebody he's been with me for the last three years, but he asked me this uh, last like two weeks ago.
0: Funny, yeah. Uh,
1: and and it was it was really the first thing that came to my mind was I wish I would have started with business credit like right away and and actually treat this as a business instead of utilizing my personal and just you know figuring it out as I went because I got a, a lot of smacks to the face of yep. in learning curves as I was going. So business credit, treating it as a real business, I would have had much more in
0: uh in capital available mm-hmm. and um and just systemized more. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, you that's thats funny. You got a head start. Somebody else asked you the question, so you already knew. That's awesome. Um, it, tell me a little bit about, I know you have a show as well, a real estate show. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Ready, Set, Go, Real Estate Investing Podcast. We release awesome. a new episode every Monday. Um, we have roughly, I think it's like 500 uh, five-star reviews right now. So, nice. everybody that's supported that and left reviews just, just got so much love for them. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um I forget how many episodes we're at. We're probably right around like 200. Nice. Awesome. We've been doing it for a couple of years, every Monday. Um, So yeah, super blessed about that.
0: That's awesome. People should check it out. That's great.
1: Um, You said it's, uh, say the name again? Ready, set, go! R E I podcast. Nice, awesome,
0: um, and I can put that in the show notes as well. Um, awesome. Well, Brandon, I really appreciate your time tonight. Like I said, that was super valuable. Um, we haven't gone much into the show into credit in general, so this was good cool. insight for my audience, and I really appreciate you taking the time.
1: Yeah, man. I hope so. I appreciate you so much, and um, yeah, if I if I can do anything uh, to give back to you or your audience, I, I'd love to.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks again, Brandon. You have a great night.
1: You too. God bless.
0: If you guys enjoy the show, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. That actually helps a lot to get the podcast out there as people are looking for helpful real estate investing resources online. You can also like our Facebook page to keep up to date with new episodes as they publish. And don't forget to subscribe through whatever podcast player that you use. If you have questions about a specific topic that we covered, or if you have a suggestion about another area that you'd like to see me dig into, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out. I'd love to get in touch. You can email me at brandon at realestatefortherestofus.com. Thanks so much for joining me today, guys. One show at a time, we'll work to make real estate investing accessible for the rest of us.